Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Lovely Rita, meet a maid, nothing can come between us. Breaking news. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, finally we are hearing a bit of a price tag that it is costing the Big Apple to house and to feed migrants. There are estimates anywhere from 5 to $10 million a day just to house the tens of thousands of illegal migrants in New York City. This came, this mind-blowing number uh, was revealed this afternoon by the New York City Emergency Management Commissioner basically saying that they spend, this is the Department of Homeless Services and Health and Hospitals, spends about 363 bucks a day to provide food and shelter just for a single migrant. And guess what? That probably doesn't even include the ones who are staying in the nice, cushy, four-star hotels. What do you make of it that New York City, which could certainly use money to pay for the homeless, uh, you think about veterans' issues, there are so many issues, and they are now spending 5 to $10 million bucks a day on housing and feeding illegal migrants, and you know that that number is going to get bigger and bigger because more and more are coming to New York City. The number to call tonight, we have a special number. It is 833-969-4447, 833-969-4447. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. What do you make of the fact that this price tag is so skyrocketing high? And yet, we know that like Eric Adams has been asking for funding, he's been asking for help. He's been asking for anything to come from the federal government. And so far, he's gotten nada. He's gotten nothing. And he's gotten, I think it's about a million dollars, basically, from the state. But that's nothing. Um, He also was getting uh, a little bit from some of the different charities and others who were helping out. But that is just a drop in the bucket. If New York City is spending $5 million a day, and guess who's paying for that? You and me, that is taxpayer money. Do you think New York City and any city really around this country can sustain such an enormous, enormous cost? I mean, you think about that, five to 10 million bucks a day at a time right now where people are hurting, they're spending so much, whether it's on groceries, gas, everything else. There are a lot of stories that just came out today where it basically says that 60% of American households are living paycheck to paycheck. And yet, here are taxpayer dollars going to pay for feeding and housing illegal immigrants coming to our city. And again, some of them are staying in these really cushy hotels, like the Watson Hotel. 
and like the Row Hotel and like some of these other hotels. I would love to have room service where I could be ordering uh, a little shrimp cocktail or an escargot and a little champagne, courtesy of New York City taxpayers. And you know, in some of those hotels, we've seen some of the price tags that some of them have been charging the city. They give them a little bit of a discounted deal, but not that much. And in some of the hotels, they have basically filled up wall to wall with migrants. And that is also stunning, too. In hospitals, too, there was a story in Yuma, Arizona, where they really can't even handle, like, somebody who's not a migrant, basically, who's come in for health care because they are so over capacity just with the amount of migrants that are coming. And they're right there on the border. Uh, and they are just trying to figure out how can they make ends meet uh, because they're barely being able to cover their expenses because of the influx of migrants. So if you think it's bad in New York City, imagine what it's like in Yuma, Arizona. So is it fair that taxpayers are now footing the bill for a stunning 5 to $10 million potentially a day on housing and feeding migrants? And you know it's going to get a lot worse. And so far, New York City taxpayers are basically footing, I would say, 99.999% of the bill. Should the federal government be helping or do you think at some point taxpayers need to say enough? I just think there are so many other things we could be spending money on. And I think it is outrageous that we're spending this amount. And there still hasn't been a discussion about, well, maybe we should do something else. Maybe we should really put pressure to close the border. I would love to be hearing so many different mayors and others across this country because now, guess what? Every state is basically a border state. Every state is having trouble. And it's only going to get a lot worse. President Biden hasn't given any indication that he is closing our wide open border. And we are in just dire, dire straits. And yet, New York City taxpayers, somehow they didn't vote for this. But guess what? They're paying five to ten million, million bucks a day. And boy, I could think of a lot of other places where I would be spending that kind of cash at a time where I think there's every single day when I'm walking down the streets of New York, there is a homeless veteran. There are so many people that are in dire, dire need food banks, too. People are worried because some of the covid benefits uh, have expired now. So things are even tighter. So what are we doing? And why are not taxpayers saying, wait a minute, this is not what we bargained for. 833-969-4447 is the special number to call tonight. 833-969-4447. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Here is Mayor Eric Adams of New York not too long ago just saying we're already busting at the seams. And this was before we just heard of this enormous price tag. Remember when he said this? We were notified yesterday that the governor of Colorado is now stating that they are going to be sending migrants to places like New York and Chicago. Uh, This is just unfair uh, for local governments to have to take on this national obligation. We've done our job. Uh, There's no more room at the end. There is no more room at the end. Can New York City, can any city around this country sustain this kind of a price tag? Uh, I was stunned. Five to ten million a day. I mean, 
think about that. That is not just a drop in the bucket. 833-969-4447. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Let's go to Norm on line one. Norm, your thoughts. This is really an amazing price tag. If you think about, you know, they've been here now for a number of months. Do the math. And it is mind-blowing. Hi, Rita. Yes, it is. I would just like to give you a small personal story about uh, dealing with a migrant. Um, My barber is a lovely man, originally from Russia. And anyway, while uh, I was waiting to get a haircut, he, out of the goodness of his heart, gave a free haircut to one of the migrants, uh, a gentleman from Central America. Um, He had the things that he had was just kind of interesting. Brand new sneakers, brand new clothing. Uh, a fresh backpack, which, uh, you know, I'm sure he used that when he was going across the border. Or uh, anyway, um, they give them a free iPhone with uh, 500 minutes a month. And that's a lot of minutes, um, free iPhone. Uh, I'm calling you, Rita, on a flip phone. So, you know, when I see situations like that, it irritates me. It does. And, and you know what? It is really stunning, just as you said. And I think about the juxtaposition to Norm during, you know, during COVID when it was like, okay, uh, workers have to be vaccinated. They have to be tested, all these things. And yet, if you're a migrant, just come on through the southern border. No worries, guys. Come on through. Um, Just the double standards. And at a time right now where there are so many people in need. Um, you're in Brooklyn. Uh, you know, you know, there's some people, there's a lot of people in Brooklyn that I could think would use the money um, and can need the money. Americans that have been here for a long, long time that feel neglected and overlooked. Um, what about sending some of that money, uh, you know, even out of state? I'd send some to Palestine, Ohio, East Palestine, who are dealing with that terrible train derailment. I mean, there's I would send it to. You know, some of the some of the people right there on the border even, too. I mean, you think about where money could be used, and that's just New York City. I mean, I can't imagine what it is costing every single day. It'd be really interesting if somebody, Norm, could do a total of what it is costing America every single day. That's just one city. I mean, can you imagine, Norm? And you're right. It breeds resentment because people see that the average American citizen is treated like second class and it's sort of this, uh, you know, America, America last as opposed to America first norm. I mean, it, it is. And that's and that's not a good thing. You know, I mean, we're a country of including everybody and treating everybody respectfully. But we got to take care of our own, for goodness sake. Right. I mean, um, you know, our, our American homeless are not getting are not getting free cell phones with 500 minutes a month. And, uh, you know, I it's. It's terrible, but uh, I guess, you know, the blue states, they need voters, future voters. So that's uh, that's why it's happening. And we're going to get more and more and more. Yeah, which is a that's a that is a sad reason to have individuals come. And and by the way, and I've said this, Norm, you know, I don't blame anybody for coming to America. It is the greatest country in the world. And I'm a first generation American. So I appreciate what this country represents and what we represent to the world. Uh, But. It, it is not right when you see homeless individuals, like you just said, and, and, and average people. I mean, right now people are, are working. I just told you, I saw a story, and this was stunning. 60% of Americans living paycheck to paycheck. And then you hear of these stories of migrants throwing out food in a four-star hotel in New York because they don't like the food. Or you see stories about the booze or drugs uh, or even reports of, like, you know, like uh, assaults and things that are going on. 
Uh, or how about the migrants who didn't want to leave the sidewalk? Remember that in front of the New York Hotel? Uh, the guys, when they didn't want to move out for the women and children that uh, were supposed to come in there. No, 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 we're not leaving. You know, they didn't want to go to a shelter. And yet, you know, look at the conditions that they left. And 99% of these are like, at least it's in the 90 percentile. If you talk to anybody in the border uh, area, like, and we've talked to Tom Homan and Mark Morgan and all those guys, they will always say that it's basically like, you know, maybe one out of 10, if that, really, really qualify for asylum, that they're really fleeing persecution or horrible situations, which are obviously supposed to be the priority and the reason that you get in to the United States and get cleared and all that stuff. And he said the other 99 or 95 or so percentile, uh, they're just coming because America is a great country. And I don't blame them. Uh, but I do blame us if we're spending five to ten million dollars a day. And uh, just like you said, you're not getting I'd love to get 500 free minutes a month. That would be amazing. That would be maybe we need to apply. Maybe we, you and I need to go through the southern border, Norm. What do you think of that? Yeah, we need to go to the southern border. That's it. Yeah. How sad is that? What a mess. Norm, you're terrific. Thanks so much. And everybody, when we come back, we're going to continue with your calls. What do you make of the fact that there is this enormous Price tag. I I would love again to see what it is nationally. It would be really interesting if somebody could put a national figure. But just a few hours ago, a stunning, mind-blowing number that basically the migrant cost in New York City alone is anywhere from five to basically ten million dollars a day, and we're paying for it. Eight three three nine six nine four 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 seven is the special number to call tonight on the Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And it is Friday night here on the Rita Cosby Show. And everybody talking about the migrant crisis and the border. By the way... Uh, this I thought was really powerful. And I, I do, obviously, Cats and Cosby, which is an awesome show. We just started a few weeks ago. I was lucky enough to join uh, the great John Katsimatidis on his show, which was Cats at Night, uh, the number one show on WABC at that time, which is awesome, and in New York and basically in the country at that time. And lucky me, I get to now also do that show with him five to six. And John has always said, why are we not going after the cartels. Why are we not taking the fight to them in Mexico? Uh, basically going after the drug factories, uh, really being aggressive, going across the border. Well, Bill Barr, the former attorney general, basically just came out and said the same thing that John did, uh, basically saying that Biden needs to use military force to respond to the poisoning of hundreds of thousands of Americans by fentanyl and The question is, will we go after them and sort of treat them like a terrorist group, saying it's time to get tough? Uh, And that is the same thing as former DEA agent Derek Maltz told me. This is a brand new podcast that we just put up today. you got to listen to it. He is so good. He deals with all of these folks who have been dealing with fentanyl, the family members who've lost loved ones, now more than 100,000 a year. I mean, it is staggering that our president does nothing And that's why not only are there so many migrants crossing at such an enormous cost, but think of the untold cost. And there is no cost to losing a loved one to fentanyl. 
And all of it predominantly, or 99%, is coming through our southern border, being snuck in by the cartels via China. Take a listen to, here's a little clip from the podcast that just went up. you got to check it out. You can see it on at Rita Cosby Twitter, also at 77 WABC Radio. But take a listen. Here's a little bit of our conversation. This is me and Derek Maltz, former DEA special agent. Should they be classified, the cartels, as terrorist organizations? And what would that do? Well, I've been, again, I testified in Congress in Ohio four years ago, whatever it is now, recommending that the U.S. government declares them terrorists. And President Trump actually was getting the messages and wanted to do it. But the Washington bureaucrats and, you know, all these politicians, you know, convinced them not to. The bottom line is, is I don't really care what we call them. We could call them drug cartels, but they've evolved from drug cartels to transnational criminals to now terrorists. But what I want is action on them, because if al-Qaeda or Hezbollah or ISIS was killing 107,000 Americans a year, we would be going after them because they're named terrorists, right? But these guys are doing it at levels that we've never seen. If you combine all the deaths to Americans and all these traditional terror groups, it wouldn't be anywhere near the numbers from one year here, right? Just look at 9-11, September 11th, you know, 3,000 dead, Iraq war, Afghani war, another 7,000 dead, including my brother, by the way, in Afghanistan. But that's about 10,000. Just think about that. We had 107,000 drug deaths this one year alone. And really the fastest, you know, age group is all children and children under 14 are dying at record levels. So it's really sad. But what it would do is it would focus the United States apparatus on the biggest threat, day-to-day threat to our country, the cartels bombarding our country and killing our kids with poisonous drugs. And we use the best and brightest in our country to, you know, step up the game, as we say. Yeah, really sad to hear how much fentanyl is affecting us. By the way, also coming up in about 10 minutes here on the show, we are going to be talking to the great Pennsylvania Congressman Dan Muser is going to be joining us. And we talked a bit. uh, I can't wait to ask him about fentanyl, uh, about China. I can't wait to ask him about Hunter Biden. There's a lot of news there. Uh, What about John Fetterman, who's been, uh, as we know, in the hospital? And what's the future of representation in Pennsylvania? After we saw that crazy debate and now he's in the hospital, uh, will he still continue as a senator? There are so many questions, and I can't wait to talk to Congressman Dan Muser in about 10 minutes and get his take on all of this. He is from the great state of Pennsylvania. And again, he'll be joining us probably about seven, eight minutes, actually, from now uh, here on the show. So definitely stay tuned for that. The number to call is 833-969-4447, Let's go to Larry, uh, line four. Larry, your thoughts about this cost of the migrants? And also, is it time to finally get tough and, and say, Mexico, if you're not going to be with us, well, we're going to go it alone? Yeah, uh, hi, Rita. Uh, I'm going to call out a colleague of yours. Uh, why is Sid Rosenberg friends with Eric uh, Adams, who's a... Who's a was a fledgling moron, okay, as well as a traitor, when he offers these people money, okay, and he has the nerve to go to the federal government and ask for money, what he's doing is he's empowering the cartels to give these people incentives to come here. Okay? But but, but so many cities, people, Larry, and not, not to single out Eric Adams, but 
let's just be honest. There are so many cities around the country, mayors that are doing it, and also separate than all of that. Um, you look at what about President Biden? I mean, it comes from the very top. President Biden has made it very clear. Come on in. Mayorkas, come on in. Uh, I mean, every single state has become a border state, Larry. And so I hear what you're saying in terms of, you know, different cities. But every, you know, all these different Democratic mayors and Democratic president. Uh, and I don't see it changing unless there's change at the very, very top. Because what a difference it was when President Trump was there at the top layer, don't you think? Well, the thing, listen, there's a concept. The difference is, Rita, is the concept of sanctuary cities. It's one thing to have an open border policy, which comes from the federal government. It's another thing to treat these people, to wine and dine them, and treat them like they're welcome here, uh, as, uh, like, normal, like they're normal uh, immigrants, which they're not. Well, and and also, just as you're pointing out, the price tag on everyday New Yorkers is extraordinary. And I haven't heard them say, hey, New Yorkers, do you want to use your tax money for this? I, I don't think anybody ever expected this kind of a price tag. We'll continue after the break. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which we love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a really powerful story coming from Martin County, Florida, where an iPhone distress signal is credited with leading deputies to a vehicle which was submerged in a Florida canal. Deputies arrived just after one in the morning and found a vehicle upside down in thigh-high deep water. Now, the phone alerted them to only the longitude and the latitude of the incident. So dispatchers were then able to get to a Google map location using those coordinates. And when units arrived to the area, they found a vehicle upside down in that canal. And then they could hear cries for help coming from inside the vehicle. Immediately assessing the situation, a deputy then jumped into the very cold canal, made his way to the vehicle, and forced the vehicle's door open. Once inside, the deputy found the driver shivering as he sat pinned against the dashboard, gasping for breath and undergoing symptoms of shock. The 38-year-old driver cried out, saying, I'm so cold. Can you give me a blanket? Please, sir, I am freezing. Well, that victim was transported to the hospital where he is expected to fully recover. By the way, it's estimated that the driver spent about 20 minutes in the very frigid water surrounding the flooded vehicle. Apparently, by the way, there is a crash alert on Apple iPhones, which is designed to detect severe car crashes. And it will call emergency services after a 20-second delay. Good to know. It's technology that you may not even realize you have said the Martin County Sheriff's Office, but this dramatic rescue should remind everybody of its importance as well as the importance of sharp dispatchers. They also commended the brave deputies and incredible dispatchers for their perseverance and bravery locating and rescuing the crash victim using only the coordinates automatically launched from the victim's iPhone. What a powerful story and great news to hear that he is okay and great work 
by, of course, the deputies. And that's why we always love every night here on the Rita Cosby Show honoring our men and women in blue. And joining us now is Republican Congressman Dan Muser, born in Long Island and now representing Pennsylvania's 9th District. Congressman, great to have you here on the Rita Cosby Show. Rita, great pleasure to be with you. Appreciate it. You know, big hearings this week on China. Uh, Do you think we'll get to the origins of COVID-19 and crack down on China, even economically? I know that you're on a number of the financial services committees. Yeah, Well, look, uh, we need a bit of a reckoning uh, and some corrective measures taken with the uh, People's Republic of China and particularly the CCP. Um, Regarding the origins of COVID, uh, we clearly know that it's a virtual impossibility that the virus derived from anywhere else other than the Wuhan lab. Um, As far as I'm concerned, the science and the math uh, have made it a virtual um, certainty uh, one in a million chance at best. Even Kathy Burks, the former head of uh, CDC during the course of with uh, Trump Pence, uh, stated the other day that it would be one in a billion that it would have occurred somewhere else. Now, we don't know if it was deliberate. We we likely think it was not. We think it was a leak. Uh, why would they engage in a release of something like that in their own country uh, if um, even even under the type of human rights that that China often um, employs? But uh, but look, it, China is a strong challenger. They are an opponent. They are a competitor. They are an adversary. I do hesitate to refer to them as an enemy. You know, clearly what they did with with the covid and the cover up that took place puts them near that status. But they are a superpower. And the United States, we better we better understand we better wake up and walk down to the realities of the world of the geopolitical uh, uh, crises that exist and strengthen our economy, strengthen our military, strengthen our national security. And look after our own interests because the People's Republic of China is looking after theirs. You know, you talk about strengthening ours. We look at what's going on and we're hearing the White House really downplaying it, which was astounding because it was the Energy Department, their Energy Department. It was the FBI director who came out and said that it's likely a lab leak. And yet the White House seems to be afraid to go after China in any sphere, whether it's on COVID, whether it's on fentanyl. Um, you know, this is a, it's a very uncertain time, I think, for Americans when they don't see strong leadership at the top. Yeah. Well, everything about this White House, frankly, is slow, late, indecisive. And um, and, and we, uh, we we see it everywhere. We saw it in Afghanistan. We saw how the president and the White House did not follow the recommendations, the strong recommendations of his of his um, chairman of Joint Chiefs of Staff, nor the uh, secretary of defense. Uh, we saw it in the Ukraine with, with, with the buildup that occurred and the type of the type of terms that were uh, being uh, talked to with Russia as to what would occur upon their uh, their invasion of the Ukraine. It was it was weak at best um, and, uh, and 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 clearly has created a uh, just just a horrible uh, situation there. Uh, they were late. I mean, look at this recent spy balloon episode which was just totally ridiculous where we let a spy balloon 
uh, navigate over the continent, the United States, getting all the information it wants, and then we we fire it down uh, after it after it's, it's completed its mission, and then the next three uh, silly balloons that pass, we fire upon them. I mean, this is like the gang that can't shoot straight, and and um, it's uh, it 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 shows it shows on an on an international basis. Uh, it shows at our border. It shows with their woke approach to our energy independence, and it, it leads to it results in a very rattled economy uh, that unfortunately we're dealing with. And and yeah, it it it, it uh, emanates out of this this White House, uh, the lack of dis- decision making, and the lack of uh, chain of command. Frankly, it's uh, we have an absence of leadership, and and what's even worse is that, that Joe Biden likes to claim that. He's not going to change course. So the American people are going to have to change course for him and and, and elect him out uh, next year. And, Congressman, where do you see the Hunter Biden investigation going? This week we heard from Senator Chuck Grassley that he's got about a dozen whistleblowers. Where does that go? It's beyond troubling, uh, Rita, right? I mean, from from, from the get-go. I mean, here you had Hunter Biden boarding Air, uh, Air Force Two, with then Vice President Biden meeting with uh, China in, in, in investors, coming back with a one point five, two point five billion dollar deal uh, with a company that has two and a half billion dollars in, in overall assets. Um, the um, uh, the the other arrangements made with Hunter Biden and Burisma. I mean, an art, art, the CEO of Burisma in the Ukraine is run by an arch criminal whose whereabouts are currently unknown. Um, he's getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars monthly uh, for, uh, for for that work. And what's even worse is there's, there's no transparency whatsoever. We don't even know what the um, the, the real level of, of, of payments that come through. So there's there's a lot a lot of smoke. Uh, Chuck Grassley, as you mentioned, in a hearing, brought up that there were 12 credible whistleblowers uh, that that offered criminal. Uh, criminal information uh, related to Hunter Biden in in uh, in testimony in affidavits, and and yet our FBI completely looked the other way, and even went so far as to refer to the information, including the laptop, as as um, foreign disinformation. Yep, Russian disinformation. That's the phrase we heard all the time. Yeah. So and and we know that Hunter had a ten percent stake in this company BHR in China, our adversary, you know, borderline enemy. Um, we don't know if he has divested from it. Um, and Joe Biden testifies that his family has no business related to conflict of interest while he's president. Yet we have no documentation whatsoever. So this is um, this is ugly. Uh, you got uh, Jim Biden uh, as as involved. I mean, you know, the American people, we, we just have to face the facts that and then you got the big guy uh, on the laptop and on other on, uh, uh, disclosed in other places, the big guy getting 10 percent. I mean, that 10 uh, percent of the overall revenue. I mean, that that was rec- uh, uh, recorded in 2017 while while. Um, well, just after Joe Biden was uh, was was vice president. So w- what really is going on here? And the, the Biden family business is thriving. 
Um, and it, it, it does it, it is it uh, unethical? Uh, and how tied is Joe Biden to the, the whole mess? And Congressman Dan Muser, before I let you go, of course, you represent Pennsylvania. Um, what is happening with John Fetterman? And do you see him continuing as senator? Everybody's wondering. Of course, now he has said, I have depression. He has said, I need time. He's been out. Um, where do you see it headed with him? There's even stories that maybe his wife may take the seat. I mean, there's so many rumors out there. Yeah. Hey, I, I, I probably sound like a bearer of ne- negativity here, um, but each one of these issues, our crises developed just over the last couple of years. But the good news is we, we can correct them. We've corrected them in the past, and we really need to be focused on strengthening our country because we do have serious issues out there. And the American people want to see it. They want to see their money being spent right, their tax dollars. They, they want to see us be energy independent. They want to see a secure border. All of these are within our reach. Now, a guy like John Fetterman, look, he was an awful lieutenant governor um, during his time there. He He was a uh, terrible debater. (laughs) Well, he barely had any sort of job whatsoever throughout his uh, throughout his adult life. The debate, you know, he clearly was incapacitated during the campaign. So they did everything they could to hide his condition. And the media was a uh, was 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 uh, assisted in this um, subterfuge and this um, chicanery um, and charade. And certainly the debate, however, Rita, occurred after there were over 500,000 ballots um, uh, submitted on behalf of, uh, of, of John Fetterman. So in, in a way, the election was over before the debate even started. Um, so, you know, people people wanted to vote for voted him in for his vote. Now they don't have him um, voting uh, because they can't vote proxy. And he's he's laid up in, in a hospital, which we certainly feel you know bad for somebody's uh, medical condition. But I sure don't feel bad that they ran someone that had no business running. They uh, made up uh, his entire background and campaign. And um, and now we have a uh, uh, we we have a a completely absent U.S. senator from Pennsylvania. So that too needs to be corrected. And again, I just hope people uh, wake up and walk down. Yeah, Congressman Dan Muser. So many big issues out there, and of course we wish him well too. But you're right. I think there's a lot of people after they saw the debate had uh, voters' remorse if you will. Um, Congressman, so great to have you here. you got to come back on again here on the Rita Cosby Show. We loved having you. Rita, you're great. Thank you very, very much. How great to talk with Congressman Dan Muser about so many issues. And as you heard, one of the big issues is China, obviously border, and fentanyl is a hot topic. We were just talking about the price tag uh, that New York City alone is paying just for the migrants. This is housing and feeding the migrants. And of course, there is no price on the loss of a child, a loved one, to the deadly drug fentanyl. And so this week, Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, you know, very feisty spirited member of Congress, came out and was very upset after she heard some really passionate uh, testimony. And we played it here on the show. This is from Rebecca Kessling. She lost two of her sons to fentanyl, one of them a day after his high school graduation. I mean, talk about heartbreaking. And her testimony was riveting. It was so emotional. It was so powerful. And so Marjorie Taylor Greene said, you know what? President Biden needs to basically wake up 
He needs to realize how bad things are at the border, how destructive things are at the border. And listen to this mother, um, a mother's heart who lost two of her sons, just grieving and emotional. It was again, it was one of the most powerful testimonies I think I've ever heard from Washington talking about the effects of fentanyl across the border. And what does President Biden do? Well, he goes to a fundraiser a couple days later and he basically makes a joke about everything. A joke about a mother grieving uh, and Marjorie Taylor Greene saying, President, wake up, realize the effects of fentanyl. Listen to what President Biden said. Boy, is he off the mark. She, she was very specific recently saying that a mom, a poor mother who lost two kids to fentanyl, that, that I killed her sons. Well, the interesting thing is that fentanyl they took came during the last administration. <laughs> That was basically the reference to it, as opposed to my heart bleeds for this mother. We really need to take it seriously. He's like, ha, ha, ha. It happened another time before. Don't worry about it. No big deal. It was just, to me, it was downright despicable that he didn't even, again, go back to the issue of fentanyl, of how deadly it is, how catastrophic it is, and say that my heart bleeds for this mother. Well, the mother, Rebecca Kiesling, as I mentioned, She responded and wasn't exactly impressed with Joe Biden making a joke at the expense of her family. Just what a horrible human being. How can he sit there and joke about it? You know, he thought he was with a room full of Democrats and, you know, he's amongst friends and they could all yuck it up. Uh, What kind of a person does that? I mean, somebody asked me, oh, you know, did he just like misspeak? I'm like, this shows his heart. You don't have to think about what you say in a moment like this. And to me, it's like it shows this is why he just opened the border so wide. He just doesn't care. He's completely heartless. He just doesn't care. And he doesn't get it, clearly. I mean, the border is wide open. And there are now members of Congress this week who are basically saying that Mayorkas, one of them, Clay Higgins, came out and said, you know what, uh, if I could, I would charge him with a crime, Mayorkas, because of all these crimes that have been committed across our wide open southern border. I'd go after him uh, for a conspiracy to murder. You know, I mean, you think about it, you know, with all this fentanyl, you know, it's crossing across the border. You know, it's taking the lives of precious young people, especially because they're going online and they're ordering drugs and not realizing that maybe that, you know, Oxycontin or whatever is laced with fentanyl. They don't know who they're buying it from. They're buying it from a dealer. They're doing whatever the case is. Uh, By the way, I had Stan who called me earlier this week and was like, oh, the kid's a drug dealer. Shame on you, Stan. I still can't believe you said that earlier this week. That was outrageous. Young kids. A lot of them test drugs. They try different things and, you know, to sit there and point the finger. And then you hear President Biden mucking it up like, oh, you know, boy, was Marjorie Taylor Greene and not even addressing the issue of fentanyl. To me, it just epitomizes how disconnected this president is and how utterly I think derelict in his duty when it comes to the border. 1-833-969-4447. 833-969-4447 is our special number tonight. And I want to hear your thoughts after the break. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. Well, President Biden mucking it up 
as he was talking about fentanyl and the mother who lost her two kids. And I mentioned Stan's really surprising comment. And who is on the line but Stan himself? The number is 833-969-4447. Stan, that was a doozy this week. Uh, I understand you want to clarify. Let's hear. You want to want a mulligan? Uh, first of all, I never said they were drug dealers. You said that. I no, said you said you basically street. were victim shaming. Go well, ahead. You make a quote. Get it right. I never said they were drug dealers. I said they went on the street. They were doing drugs. drugs. Okay, maybe not dealing, hey, but they were buying drugs. I never said they were dealing at all. Okay, but they, they were, were you, you were buy. like, well, they were buying drugs on the street. They were getting them. Well, yeah, and I said, and I, they were looking for somebody. To all right. Buy. So, so but you thought. made it sound like they're infested with these drugs and young kids basically get Rita, what they ask Rita, for. A ridiculous you, well, they, fan. straight, Rita. Hold on, please, for a second. Heroin. For years, this stuff has been tainted. Cocaine. Stuff has been tainted. Uh, no one did anything about that garbage. But, yeah, I've said to you, that this is a scourge, this, this fentanyl. Absolutely, totally, it's got to be stopped. But when you go on the street yourself looking for uh, Percocet, which what they were looking at, it's a drug, it's addictive. I know I had it for a little bit. I needed it. I had pain. These guys were looking for it. So they got it. Hey, when you play with fire, you're going to burn to hell. And All that's right, so that, that's exactly stuff. where you're going, Stan, where I totally, I think that is so shameful. You can't sit there and say, well, they were going on the street. They're young kids. A lot of kids experiment with drugs. And by the way, I'm going to need a lot of them after this phone call, but go ahead, Stan. Is that the president's fault that, uh, that it, it, they're dead because of him? That's malarkey. Yes, they have an open border. If they did better monitoring at the border, if they went after the cartels, if they what if they went after the drug labs in Mexico? Yes, absolutely. He's doing nothing. He's sitting there allowing it to happen, allowing a free flow of drugs basically at the border. They're basically not stopping enough. They don't have enough people. He's not even going after it on the other side of the border, let alone this side of the border. And he doesn't even mention fentanyl. So, Stan, yes, part of it is an enormous part his fault and shame on you for accusing young kids who are experimenting with drugs to say they asked for it shame on you handling legal matters is stressful so let the law offices of frank bruno jr provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve the law offices of frank bruno jr has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years they focus on elder law and estate planning but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate the law offices of frank bruno call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com that's frankbrunolaw.com frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, just coming in, uh, that Michael Flynn, the retired three-star general and former national security advisor to then-President Trump, plans to sue the federal government for an expected $50 million. The lawsuit stems from the Department of Justice's criminal prosecution of Flynn back in 2017, specifically the false statement charge that was brought against him. Now, remember, he was appointed national security advisor to President Trump, but he resigned 
amidst all this controversy just a few days later. It was, I think, 24 days later, I'm reading. Uh, Also, Flynn, by the way, his legal team alleges that the FBI was unable to establish that Flynn was working as a Russian agent. So they sent agents, including the very notable now Peter Strzok, to interview him at the White House on January 24th, 2017, without informing him that he was the subject of an investigation and could be charged. And they also further claim that the FBI violated General Flynn's Fourth Amendment rights, committed outrageous government misconduct. And again, just finding out, uh, Michael Flynn, very well known in national security circles. We've had him here on the show, very close ally to President Trump. Remember, within, gosh, about three weeks of him being appointed, he had to resign. And now he is saying the government way overreached and he plans to sue for an expected $50 million in damages to his reputation. And boy, his reputation was damaged. They dragged him through the mud and also went after him on charges that they rarely hold many other officials accountable to. You've seen Democrats and others who did basically the same thing and they never held them accountable. Imagine double standards. Is there really justice at the Justice Department? Well, we've seen some examples since 2017 that make you go, huh? Maybe not. And by the way, speaking of the Justice Department, another big story coming out tonight that the Justice Department is saying that the police officers and others can sue former President Trump over violence at the Capitol on January 6th. So remember, here's a little bit of what was going on, a little bit of the sound, sights and sounds, if you will, of January 6th. Here's a little bit. There were some definite, uh, you know, heated and violent moments. There were also members and people who were just let in. Remember, we've seen video of like police saying, hey, come on in. Uh, And Tucker Carlson, by the way, on Fox News, who apparently has the thousands upon thousands of hours of all the January 6th tapes, he's going to be apparently blowing the lid on it next week. So that'll be interesting. What's on there? Because we only saw little snippets of it during the January 6th committee. Uh, They seem to know how to edit. Pick, let's stick these three seconds. And we never heard from Nancy Pelosi in terms of security failures and so many things. Will we ever get to the bottom of it? Well, now the Justice Department is opening the door for President Trump basically to be sued civilly by police officers and also members of Congress that are seeking to hold him responsible for damages stemming from January 6th. I mean, is that really fair? I mean, this seems so over the top. You know, yet there are things that I wish he had said earlier, like telling everybody to go home earlier. I think he should have done that earlier on January 6th. I think they're different things. But, you know, to sit there and say, oh, he incited the whole thing, they haven't proven it. They didn't prove it in the January 6th hearings, even though they came up with their synopsis. But all of us who saw it were like, oh, it didn't really go there. There was no earth-shattering information. And we also know on January 6th, he said this line, would they keep cutting out during the January 6th hearings? Who could forget that he said this? I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. So how could you hold somebody who said, let's have a peaceful and patriotic 
rally, go to the Capitol, and now you're going after him for civil charges, for the damages done, physical and mental and emotional? I mean, uh, this is like crazy. I mean, where does it end with the Democrats? We're going to talk about that later on in the hour. Also, we're going to talk about Alex Murdoch. Speaking of lawsuits, today he said, I am innocent, even though the jury we found out today Basically, when they went into deliberations, it took them 45 minutes to find the guy guilty. And the rest of the time, they were just mucking it up and having coffee and going, look, obviously, the guy lied about everything. And he got busted for being in the area around the time of the crime. He lied about that. And they said, liar, liar, pants on fire. And the judge today basically came out and said, you will have your the rest of your life behind bars. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but now his attorneys are coming out and say they want grounds for appeal, that they think they have grounds. So I can't wait to hear your thoughts on that one, too. Where is that headed? Is there grounds for appeal? Uh, because they did make him look like the liar of all liars. And the jury clearly, from hearing from somebody in the jury today, and we're going to play some clips of it, said, you know what? If he's lying about that, he's clearly lying about everything else. He wanted us to believe He lied from the hills, lied everywhere. But on the point about the death of his wife and child, he didn't lie about that. So, you know, I think if I was in the jury, I don't think it would have taken 45 minutes. It would have been 45 seconds. I would have gone next. 1-833-969-4447. Meantime, we are talking about the cost of immigration and also President Biden mucking it up laughing when he was talking about Marjorie Taylor Greene saying how heartbreaking it is about this mother who lost her two sons to fentanyl, to the deadly drug fentanyl that's coming across our southern border, Biden at a fundraiser a couple days later and saying, oh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, she's crazy and talking about this mother who died of fentanyl blaming me. Can you imagine why would they be blaming me? Just because the border is wide open and I've let millions upon millions historically more than ever have crossed our country into our land before? Uh, What could go wrong? How could I be to blame? 833-969-4447. Let's go to BJ, line four. BJ, your thoughts about this. It is, you know, know, I don't necessarily like to say, oh, somebody's to blame, but he knows darn well about the numbers of fentanyl. He doesn't talk about it. He spent like 30 seconds in the last two years of his presidency. And it is a plague that is killing our country. And we even heard this week uh, from his attorney general, Merrick Garland, who at least under oath, he said, you know, fentanyl, yeah, it is killing more than car wrecks and gun violence combined. And yet this president somehow can't get the word out of his mouth, BJ. Go ahead, BJ, your thoughts. Well, essentially, uh, good evening, Rita. You know, I got to tell you, this is the third administration of Barack Obama. And uh, communists and uh, Marxists like uh, Barack Obama, uh, they wait decades, years. They have there no rush to fundamentally transform the, the world. They want no uh, borders. They want one world government, and they want to be the rulers of it. Joe Biden uh, is a a useful idiot towards that end. Uh, He wanted the presidency. They gave it to him. Uh, But he's essentially a figurehead. He's he's Barack Obama's puppet. Uh, If you listen to what he said, 
he was trying to shift the the blame, saying that the fentanyl came in before I was president. Yeah, and then he laughed. You know, he's an right. ar- I mean, come yes, on. He, he did laugh, and he's an arrogant man. And uh, he always smirks and laughs, which shows to me that he has no uh, essence of self-reflection. He will never admit uh, that he should have done things a different way or taken a different strategy. In essence, admit he's wrong because he's an arrogant man. He believes you're inferior. He doesn't believe he's your servant. He believes he's your master. He doesn't believe in, in our uh, rule of law. He believes in the ruling class. So, Which um, is, by the way, why uh, he, I think, never went to East Palestine, Ohio, because that's working class. Those are like good, hardworking Americans who voted for Trump. And if you voted for Trump, orange man bad and I'm good is basically Biden's like, you know, it's basically his, his campaign. Yes. He doesn't want to mix with the great unwashed unless he needs their vote. He doesn't even need to do that thanks to the Zuckerbergs. Uh, since they get to, they vote at night. They vote uh, thousands and thousands of drop box, uh, drop ballots. They change the law uh, so that voting uh, election day is now election season. So he really, all he really needs is a quick photo op, and he's done with you. Now uh, you have uh, uh, several people in the station I, I don't listen to because they, in a sense, are are useful idiots for Joe Biden and Eric Adams. There, see, it's it's a puppet chain all the way down. Well, Eric and and, and listen, fighting. and and listen, uh, BJ. Uh, first off, I just want to keep it focused on on President Biden, just short term, um, because I do agree with you that there are that mayors are responsible, especially the sanctuary city ones. There is no question, and the cost is unbelievable on New York City. And to Eric Adams' credit, though, I will say at least BJ, at least he's been asking for the federal government. Um, Yes, it is a sanctuary city, and he's keeping inviting them in and using taxpayer money, and I have a huge problem with all of that. But I'm at least happy that he's at least voicing some concern about it. Uh, some of these other mayors aren't even voicing concern. Um, I mean, obviously, there's still a long way to go, BJ, but at least there's something there. At least, at least you're hearing, hey, it's a problem. There's no more room at the inn. It's costing money. It's this or that. Uh, I wish he was a lot more forceful, don't you? Well, no, he talks out of both sides of his mouth. So what what he's saying, in, in essence, he's saying, yeah, I re- you know, this is horrible. These poor people are coming here. But what he's really doing is broadening his, his election roles to keep himself in power uh, forever, because this is what these useless politicians want. Well, they and by the way, BJ, the and BJ, that's exactly what President Biden is doing, too. We're seeing it up and down uh, the food chain, if you will. Uh, good points. Let's go to Curtis in North Carolina. Thank you, BJ. You're terrific. Uh, Curtis, your thoughts on all this? Well, um, I think he's right. This is you know, Barack Obama's the real president. Um, you know, I actually called about uh, the, the, the uh, giving the invaders free stuff. Yeah, and by the way, you did know. you hear it was Norm? I think who called and said that uh, they get the free iPhone and then they get, I think it's 500 um, uh, minutes a month. I mean, I that would be pretty great. I'd love to have I'd love to have a nice cushy hotel, a four star hotel and free phone and free that. You know, that's that's a pretty I, I said to Norm, we need to go across the southern border. Yeah, well, this is also a flip phone and um, I'm also saving 100 um, percent on my Internet on the doing without plan. Um, but that's OK. Um, but as far as a federal expense or a government expense. It would be better 
not my first choice, but better to be putting that money toward Ukraine and actually fighting against the Russians than it is to help these invaders invade us. No, you're right. That, that's well, a lot of money. And you bring up a great point. That's a lot of money. And there's a lot of places where it could be spent um, and helping them. You know, the other thing, uh, by the way, we just heard recently, I think it was like $7 billion worth of some equipment, uh, more numbers about how much was left behind. Uh, think about that. That was when he withdrew from Afghanistan. That was such a blunder. We should have moved that equipment over to Ukraine. You know, I mean, it's just it is astounding, Curtis. Uh, I agree with you. Let's go to Robert in Philly. Line two, Robert, your thoughts. Hey, it's nice to talk to you again, Rita. You too, uh, Robert. You I too. Uh, before I get to my point, I just wanted to point out to Stan. See, if Trump was still president, Stan would have said the exact opposite. He would have blamed everything pertaining to fentanyl on Trump. And me, I know that. You know that. But the deep part is Stan knows that. And he still does it, blaming kids just to cover for his feeble president. It's really sickening, man. He's really degenerated. But I'll leave that there. And I'll just move on to say that when I see uh, Mayor Adams complaining and I see the people who voted for the Democrats after they made it to the sanctuary city complaining, I only feel bad for folks like you and the common sense callers, you know, the members of Team Normal that call into your show that live in New York. But for the people that voted for it and the Adams, pay, suck it up. And shut up. When you vote otherwise, I'll listen to you. No, that's a great point. Right. Uh, Voting has consequences. And think about it when you go to the voting booth. Let's go to Dave in Pennsylvania as well. Go ahead, Dave, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to add to what the the prior caller has mentioned. You know, what what, uh, Eric Adams is doing is what the left national Democratic puppet masters want. They want this to be a national crisis. They want the federal government to get involved. That will fund it and secure that everything will will, will be able to take hold, and then they can go into phase two and try to, you know, push for getting you know um, citizenship. But what really should happen is this: the federal government should not get involved. Let the crisis blow up. People get the pinch. Then they have to force to, to make responsible decisions at the voting booth. Get elected officials that are going to correct the border problem, and then also address this invasion and have them maybe adopt policies where they're going to screen all these uh, illegal aliens. And then those those that don't meet the criteria of asylum, they get deported back to their country of origin, give them a thousand bucks, and that's it. Yeah. So I don't like this. I think getting the federal government is exactly what the left wants. Although, you know, but you know, what's interesting, Dave, where are the protests too? like, you know, because you think about the next time the elections come up for people who are supporting it. Uh, those elections can come soon enough in a lot of states, you know. Um, and I always wonder, like, where are people out there protesting who are frustrated, who are angry? We don't see it. And I'm surprised we don't see more of it, of people going, this just ain't right. Uh, Dave, thank you so much for the call. We're going to continue your calls after the break. And also, what do you think of the fact that the Department of Justice has now basically cleared the way to basically sue Trump civilly saying that police officers and members of Congress that were basically uh, had damaged material or or hurt or anything on January 6th, everything is Trump's fault, just as Stan was saying. And just as we were just talking here, too, uh, J.C., you're right. 
uh, Stan would blame everything on Trump. And clearly that is the message from this Justice Department. It's Trump, 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 Trump. Uh, and then yet if there's anything that's not Trump, they kind of seem to look the other way, just like the classified documents. Remember how long it took for them to reveal that Biden had classified documents? Talk about the double standard. And now this is stunning to me that they're basically saying people can drag Trump through even how many lawsuits does Trump have against him? I mean, it's like it's probably dozens, you know, and now they're saying basically those police officers and members of Congress. And there are a number of them that have said they want to file suit, um, hold him responsible for injuries or damage caused on January 6th. Is that total politics, guys? Is he responsible? That's ridiculous. 833-969-4447. 833-969-4447 is the special number to call tonight on The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. We are talking about the Justice Department that has orange man bad syndrome because they have now cleared the way for President Trump to be sued civilly by police officers and members of Congress uh, that said that he caused damage to the property, that his words, his actions caused injuries and damage caused during January 6th. By the way, also Chris Christie, who may also run for president. We don't know yet. Uh, but he may run again for president. Uh, well, he basically also said earlier this week that he thinks Trump could be potentially exposed legally to the buildup to the Capitol riot. Uh, that's where he said there could be even potentially an indictment. So lots of pressure criminally, lots of pressure civilly. They're going after him every which way but loose, guys. Let's go to Dom in Minnesota. Dom, do you really think... That these people have any grounds to go after the president, especially when you hear a lot of his comments, Dom? Well, Rita, first of all, let me tell you, your show is flaming like Harry's comment today. Wow. Holy crap. <laughs> but we're taking know, you I mean, to a whole other level there. I love that. It's the Milky right. Way. That, that's right. The Big Dipper. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I was calling the 800, uh, 800 number. I couldn't get to it. And you mentioned that other number looks like you got a different number. Today. Yeah, just tonight. And, Dom, um, do me a favor. we got a hard break. So stay with us if you could. I want to pick you up after the break. And Dom is correct, everybody. We're having we're switching numbers just technically tonight. It's 833-969-4447 is the new number just for tonight. Special number tonight where it's the little technical things. But Dom is going to continue after the break. It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show because we get to honor our great military and their families. It was a really moving ceremony today at the White House as the Medal of Honor was presented to Green Beret Colonel Paris Davis, a Vietnam veteran. Uh, the president hailed him as a true hero of our nation and presented him the Medal of Honor to retired Green Beret Colonel Paris Davis, one of the first black officers to lead a special forces team in combat. Uh, the president said that he was giving him the highest military reward for valor 
for his heroics during the Vietnam War and that Colonel Davis helped write the history of our nation. Humble as ever, Davis shared stories of his successes on the battlefield years ago, and he said simply, you make the right choices, you want to get the right result. And it certainly was the right result. One fateful night on June 18th, 1965, Davis saved three men from enemy capture, American soldiers Robert Brown, John Reinberg, and Billy Waugh. And his story of heroism is really extraordinary. Uh, they were under deep enemy attack. Uh, he was injured multiple times, and every time he went back to save his comrades. And then finally, when the evacuation helicopter came, he said, please take everybody else. I will stay here and stay with the fight. It was one of the most extraordinary stories of heroism I have heard and just so makes it just makes you so proud to be an American uh, when you hear that this guy's story and what he did and just his incredible guts and courage laying it all on the line to save others and certainly truly worthy of the highest military honor, the Medal of Honor uh, coming finally. Uh, thank goodness, while he is still with us, Green Beret Colonel Paris Davis, a true American hero. And I always love doing this story here on the Rita Cosby Show. I love honoring our heroes and highlighting the best among us. He's not Republican. He's not Democrat. He is red, white, and blue. And we are so thankful for great Americans like him. Well, we are talking about the fact that the Justice Department has now basically cleared the way for police officers, anybody basically, members of Congress that want to hold President Trump civilly liable for damages that they say they incurred on January 6, 2021 at the Capitol, uh, come at it, basically. They cleared the way. They said, basically, even though he is president, he does not have absolute immunity from multiple civil lawsuits. And the lawsuits are already coming. There's at least two police officers and 11 members of Congress uh, that are seeking to hold him liable for injuries or damage caused on January 6th. Isn't that a bit over the top? I mean, how many more lawsuits are you going to file? It's like, I mean, what are we going to have, like uh, thousands versus hundreds? It's like every single different direction. And how can you necessarily say that he was responsible, that he should be held responsible? Do you think he should be paying for damage, you know, to an office building, especially if somebody said, hey, come on in? And even if it was destroyed and damaged, there was a lot of damage that day. There's no doubt about it. But. Is Trump the one who should be paying the bill? Take a listen. Remember, he said this on January 6th towards the end of the protests. We have to have peace. So go home. We love you. You're very special. You've seen what happens. You see the way others are treated that are so bad and so evil. I know how you feel. But go home and go home in peace. He never said, go to the Capitol and destroy everything. Go to the Capitol and, you know, and push officers or attack officers. He never said, you know, create violence. There, were, there was never that, never the whole time in the January 6th hearings did we hear it. So how could he be civilly liable? I mean, what is going on with this Justice Department? They didn't send anybody out to protect you know, when the conservative Supreme Court justices were being harassed, remember the guy who had the uh, basically assassination attempt against him? There was nothing there. Didn't say anything. Somehow Garland wasn't available that day. Uh, but now he can't wait to have more people sue him. It's like, this is like a Sioux Safari. 
is the special number to call tonight. And let's go back to Dom in Minnesota. Dom, sorry, we had a hard break there, uh, but I want to hear your points about this is so outrageous. It's like, where does it end? Come on. Well, Rita, I'm not worried about Trump. He can hold his own with countersuits, and he's going to punch back really hard if anybody else comes at him. And so that's, you know, that's I want to get that out of the way. First off, that stand is a gift that keeps on giving. You know, that's it's awesome. Nice to hear him sometimes. <laughs> yeah, he I makes he it. makes you realize there's a whole other planet out there, and I think it's Mars or Venus. But go ahead. Ab- absolutely, that's what makes your show interesting. But I got to give you credit for continuing to take his call. You're like a tortoise when it comes to patience. I God bless you. you know know what patience breeds patience 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 right and you know what you never know what's going to come out of his mouth so that's part of the fun of it you're like oh what is this loony going to say today yeah but i think you know anybody else but but people like you would have kind of burst out but you you i mean I don't know how you hold it together sometimes. I really had to hand it to you, but uh, you thank know, that's you, Dom. You are on the radio. <laughs> well, and you know what, Dom, too? I love, and everybody knows this, all of you know this, I love to hear from everybody. Uh, people that agree with me or don't agree with me, that's the beauty of America. And it, it's great to hear everybody's opinion. And, and I've, I said day one on this show, when we launched the show uh, over two years ago here, I remember saying on the very first day, you will not be canceled on my show. Even if I think what you're saying is totally out of sync and totally nuts uh, and totally wrong, uh, I'll tell you why I think it's that. But I'll also let you voice it. And that's the beauty of America. And I hate all these things, this cancel culture and the people are getting canceled and this and that. Uh, It's ridiculous. And so thank you, Dom, because uh, that's what makes America great is that we're a diversity of opinions. And sometimes nutty ones like Stan. But go ahead, Dom. Absolutely, because I think America is an experiment. I think we used to have that. You know, my high school teacher used to challenge me and saying, hey, why do you say that? Why do you, why do you keep asking why? I'm frustrated because I want you to disagree with me because that's not, not everything I say is right. We lost that on the way. So, we, I mean, we used to have such rigorous debate, and we, don't, we can't do that anymore. So, you know, I had a dad who said, if you can't afford it, you don't need it. I said, Dad, I'm 18. I can do what I want. He said, you'll be 18. And I tell you, you're 18. (laughs) By the way, Dom, I think we had the same dad. (laughs) Yeah. So that's what's missing. That's what's missing in families today. And, And that's basically what I think Stan was trying to get to. However, I think the fentanyl problem is very complicated in how we deal with it. As as to the FBI. Yep, real quick, if you could, Dom, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. It looks like J. Edgar Hoover is back in the form of James Comey and now Chris Ray. Except they now plead the fifth and are confronted with a tough question. And lastly, Merritt Garland's parents must be spinning in their grave for calling him Merritt. He's had nothing like that. <laughs> no, no merit in Merrick. <laughs> Tom, thank you. You're terrific. I love you. You're awesome. Let's go to Tom in Ohio, line one. Tom, your thoughts on this. Rita, first of all, in terms of the 4,000 hours that is being released and Tucker Carlson. Yep, the, these, are the, these are the videotapes of January 6th. Many of, of course, we only saw literally minutes at, at maximum during the January 6th. Well, here's the thing. Nobody's going to sit down and watch the full 4,000 hours. Do you, do you realize that the, you'd have to go uh, eight hours a day, seven days a week, That'd be 500 days. No, it so would be a lot. But, but, but here's the deal, Tom. I can bet 
that Tucker, he's already kind of hinted that something big is coming and he's going to give, uh, you know, some information in it. And he already said, uh, they are lying too. I mean, in fact, I want to play a little tease. This is uh, cut 13. Here's what Tucker was saying just a few days ago about the tapes. Democracy are out defending democracy again. They're telling you it's really, really dangerous. And anyone would get to see the thousands of hours of surveillance footage from January 6th, which has been hidden from the public for two years, as a tiny group of people gets to make up stories about what happened that day and change the country on the basis of those stories. And we respectfully disagree. We think people should, in a democracy, be allowed to see what their government is doing and get as much evidence as they can. And it turns out the public agrees. Rasmussen, the polling firm, just found that 80% of American voters believe it's important that the public should be allowed to see the videos from January 6th. That would include 86% of Republicans, okay, but it would also include 78% of Democrats, 78% and 75% of independents. Wow. So you're defending democracy, but you're denying people information on the basis of which they can make their own decisions. How does that work exactly? Well, it's not democracy, of course. It's building a bulwark against your lies being revealed. And they are lying. And we know that because we've been looking at the tape. We're going to bring you information on the tape and some of it next week. And we think it's going to be really, really interesting. So, Tom, uh, obviously he hasn't looked, uh, spent the 500 days, but he's probably been pointed to certain times and certain moments and other staff members, I'm sure, have glued in. So there could be something. It'll be interesting to see. Tom, thank you very, very much for the call. Let's go to Eddie real quick. Line two. Eddie, your thoughts. I read up my Polish-Danish cousin. Thank uh, you. Nostrovia. Thank you. Dziękuję bardzo. Go ahead, my friend. Dobre, dobre. Uh, I heard the clip that you, you played of Donald Trump to go peacefully and patriotically to the Capitol. And I have to tell you, <clears throat> the only other time I heard that was on January 6th, when I was in a crowd of about, oh, my God, hundreds of thousands of nice people between the Washington Monument and the Ellipse. So what do you make, Ed, what do you make of the fact that now the Justice Department is saying he could be sued for, you know, whatever the chaos was? I mean, that's like uh, that is so ridiculous that they would hold him responsible uh, he wasn't at the Capitol, Ed, but for some reason, everything is January 6th, orange man bad. He didn't cause the chaos. Actually, when we were standing there, and there were a few, like, crazy, I think, Antifa people in the, in the crowd. And, Ed, I don't want to revisit it. There. I just want to hear your thoughts on the on the lawsuit, because I know I hear I hear because you were there. I mean, do you think it's fair that he should be held liable in any form for this? A- absolutely not. Absolutely not. Rudy Giuliani... Uh, he spoke before Do- Donald Trump and Rudy said, we have to fight, fight, fight. So I guess they should be suing Rudy also. Well, you know, by the way, they'll probably they'll probably find a way to sue him. I mean, they'll sue anybody uh, who has even said the word Trump. You know, it's it is crazy. And thank you. You are so terrific. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And everybody, I want to before we close, we were talking yesterday about uh, the Murdoch verdict. This is the Alex Murdoch verdict. That took place in South Carolina. You know, I went to University of South Carolina. And this case has just been gripping everybody around the country. He was sentenced today. He claimed he's innocent. Uh, and he is sentenced to life 
behind bars. He's going to be there the rest of his natural life, barring some appeal or something. Uh, but first off, listen to what one of the jurors said. The juror, remember, they deliberated for three hours, and everybody said, wow, what a quick verdict. Turns out it only took him 45 minutes. Here's one of the jurors on that trial. Deliberating, going through the evidence. Everybody was pretty much talking. And about 45 minutes later, we, after all our deliberating, we figured it out. So it took basically 45 minutes for you guys to come to a decision? Probably about 45, maybe an hour. That's really fast. The evidence was clear. Although Alex Murdoch's attorney said they will file an immediate appeal and a lot of it based on the forensics. Take a listen. What effort are you making to find the real killer? (laughs) Not our job to find the real killer. If they had taken fingerprints, if they'd gotten footprints, if they hadn't destroyed, if they'd preserved Maggie's phone with her GPS, um, if they had not I mean, they misrepresented to the grand jury that they had a shirt with his blood on it. When they, and if they, if, if, you know, if Owen had opened his email, he says he didn't get, we'd have told him a year before that was, there was no human blood on that T-shirt. I mean, it was a, a comedy of errors in terms of forensics on this. So do I have faith that they would find the real killer? No. And somebody else uh, who didn't have time to find the real killer either was O.J. And I never thought... Uh, that I would hear O.J. weighing in on the Alex Murdoch case. But believe it or not, O.J., uh, remember, if the glove doesn't fit, you must have quit. Um, Johnny Cochran saying that, who was a good attorney, by the way. He got him off. Uh, remember, a lot of our jaws were dropping about that one. Well, O.J. now, the big legal expert, weighs in on Alex Murdoch. you got to hear this one. I am not qualified to, to really say if the guy did it or he didn't do it. Uh, you know, if a juror miss an hour of testimony, they no longer qualified. I've missed days that I haven't watched this. Um, uh, but from what I've seen, do I think it's more likely that he did it? Yes. But more likely equals reasonable doubt. More likely that he did it, but reasonable doubt. Uh, from what? Maybe somebody who knows all too well? A lot of people are asking that question tonight. Wow. When we come back... O.J., the legal analyst, uh, voicing and even said, yeah, it could end up like my case because he thought that he might walk. He said that, yeah, I think he did it, but the case didn't really prove beyond a reasonable doubt. And he said it could, quote, end up like my case. Was that an admission by O.J. now that we're finally getting decades later? Maybe. I mean, it was bizarre. Uh, but it's interesting because the Murdaugh attorneys are saying tonight that they will go for an immediate appeal. And they say that the evidence at the trial, not just the questionable that they say questionable forensics, they say they were hocus pocus, but they also say the fact that the judge allowed the guy's history of lying. He lied, remember, about finances. He admitted that he bilked uh, a disabled guy tons of money, built his company $9 million. They were about to take his name off of the law firm that day. Uh, you know, meanwhile, that's the, really the reason, essentially, that the judge allowed it in, because they said that went to motive, that he knew he was about to be exposed, that all this bilking and all this other lying was catching up with him. And they said, that's the reason we could bring it in. 
But the attorneys for Alex Murdoch say, no, no, no. They made him out to be like a monster who lied about everything. And it set the stage for the jury not believing him about what he says is his innocence, that he didn't kill his wife and child. What do you think? Does he have a case for an appeal? And what do you make of Looney Kazooty OJ, who somehow made it off the golf course to make some comments? Uh, I guess takes one to know one. 833-969-4447. And we'll take your calls when we come back. That's our special number tonight. 833-969-4447. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Talking about Alex Murdoch, it's the case that gripped the country who has now been found guilty of murdering his wife and also his son. And it was a case that was so gripping because he took the stand uh, and testified and he wanted the jury to say, yeah, 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 I lied about all these things, but I didn't lie about killing my wife and my son. And the jury took 45 minutes to come back. After all these witnesses and all these days, it was like, no, he did it because there was that cell phone, remember, on the sun. There was the audio tape. It was a Snapchat where it basically showed him in the area around the time of the killing. Literally, I think it was minutes before at the kennel on their property. And he always said he was never near the scene. He said that for a year and a half. Then the Secret Service was able to hack into the son's phone and get the information that showed indeed he was. And he had to admit he was because, yeah, that is my voice in the background. And finally, the jury was like, "Ah, well, now you have to change your story that you were in the area. He had to admit about that. So, again, 45 minutes. It would have been 45 seconds for me. What are your thoughts, everybody? 833-969-4447, 4447 Does he have grounds for appeal saying that the jury shouldn't have heard about him bilking his company nine million bucks and all these other things that he lied, 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 but you're not supposed to know any of that. And in fact, by the way, apparently he was a big drug addict too. And he didn't want that in there. And they're saying that wasn't fair for the jury. So what the jury was supposed to see a squeaky clean coming in? And say, okay, well, oh, no, I'm not supposed to know uh, the history of this guy. It's an interesting case. Um, But I think because the prosecution said it goes to motive for him, uh, that's why the judge was allowed to bring it in. I think he's going to have a hard time on appeal, but it'll be interesting. 833-969-4447. Let's go to Mike in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Um, Mike, uh, what do you make? I know that you guys, especially down there, have been following it. The whole country has been following this case. I mean, it, it was fascinating to see this guy who is a very seasoned prosecutor, well-known in the state of South Carolina. I mean, he basically, he's now going to jail in a place that he has basically sent so many people to jail. Because as an attorney, he fought to get the people the death penalty. He fought all these, for lesser crimes, by the way. Uh, so what do you make of what's going on and what do you make of OJ, the legal expert in the middle of all this, Mike, my goodness. Well, I'll tell you what, Rita, you know, that everyone down here is a buzz with, with Murtaugh and you know what? Um, and I'm laughing too, 
you know, listening to your show, and I even chimed in the other day. I'm flipping the dial the other night, and uh, and and now he's OJ. They want his input on what he feels about Martha. That's like the, the devil asking the devil, you know, well, what does he think about the devil? And you know, it, it's outrageous. He was a scam artist, nine million dollars, an opioid freak, Murtaugh. And, and how, how can you know you, you go in and even think what you did? killing your wife and son over dead president's insurance money. That's what I call money, dead presidents. He's a devil, and he's going to meet, meet his maker, just like O.J. Simpson. And uh, Yo, what, uh, By the way, what did you make of the – how bizarre is that? Like he posted that on his social media, O.J., and he even said, you know, it may end up like mine where maybe he did it, but the guy got off. It was bizarre. Totally bizarro. Totally bizarro. And I'll leave you with this, Rita, you know, winding down your show. I'm glad you put that guy Stan in his place. Hey, Stan, you know, you're a disciple of uh, Biden. You're a whiner, okay? You're a whiner and a complainer. Get a chunk of cheese with your wine and maybe get your own show on the Internet and take your stick up to the Catskills. Okay? <laughs> all right. Mike, thanks so much. That sums it all up. And let's go to Teddy. Uh, Ted, your thoughts about all this. Wow, go ahead. Yeah, I'll be the final caller. Finally, I get on once every two weeks, unlike BJ, Norm, Dom, and the rest of your crew. Well, Ted, stop complaining and get to the point. Okay, let me make the point. Let me talk, okay? Trump should be charged, and he. I hope they sue him for every penny he gets. And you haven't said anything about what Rupert Murdoch said about his host lying. Ted, Ted, is there anything else? You you really, you got to take some calming pills. You need some chamomile. You're really feisty tonight. Boy, what a weekend. Ted, cool down. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.